I played Augusta. I got lucky enough to play when I was 14. The story 14. is pretty, pretty cool. It was the day before my final exams for high school. And my dad wakes me up at 6 a.m. and goes, wake up. And I go, what? He goes, we're going to play Augusta. And I thought I was dreaming at this point. And you're in New York at the moment. I'm in New York. Yeah. I'm, I literally have my five final exams for high school that day. <laughs> he goes, we're going to play Augusta. And I go, I thought I was dreaming. I go, I got my final say. What are you talking about? He goes, get up, put your golf clothes on. We are going to play Augusta. All right, this is going to be a fun show. We've got James Nicholas here in studio. Yeah. I think you're, are you our first guest in the new studio? In the new studio, he is. Oh, I, no. I'm honored. I don't know. Oh, maybe not. No, I think he is. We had some stuff before where it wasn't fully fleshed out. Oh, you but mean this new studio? Yes. Yes, you are the first. All yeah. right. So I'm honored, a, boys. It's a good yeah, one to good start to with. Here, and it, we, we've done some stuff on the course before, but this is the first time we get a chance to sit down and have a conversation. And I, what, I, what I really want to dive into here is, is your journey has been such an incredible thing to follow from social media. And we're getting like glimpses of it. But there's just so much to it and there's so much to unpack for someone on this, this path that you're on, working your way through and into the PGA Tour. Uh, it's just so fascinating from the outside. So whether you're listening because you have your own aspirations one day to be on tour or maybe you've got uh, a talented kid who's working their way through it or just like us, just the curiosity and maybe living a little bit vicariously. Uh, I think there's just so much we can learn. But let, let's just start with a quick introduction. So James, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your own journey with the game. Yeah, um, well, my name is James Nicholas, 26 years old from Scarsdale, New York. Um, I grew up in, you know, what I think is the golf mecca of the world, right? The Northeast, uh, Westchester Country Club was my home growing up. And I was just spoiled growing up with such great teachers, such great facilities, such great courses um, and, and, you know, in that Met area. And in my opinion, the best uh, junior golf association and golf association in the country, the Metropolitan Golf Association. So um, I think all the stars were aligning for me in my career um, early on as a kid. But again, I played every kind of sport growing up, hockey, football, lacrosse, basketball. I was on the swim and dive team, uh, you know, soccer, uh, kind of you name it. I played mm -hmm. it. And that was due to my parents and my whole family. Um, we wanted just to play everything mm -hmm. and then figure it out later in life. And I was late to the the golf game. I didn't play AJGAs. I didn't play these big junior events that kind of wasn't in my DNA. Right. Um, I was more of the, the hockey player every weekend mm -hmm. and, you know, skipping school, leaving on Thursdays, coming back on Sunday nights or Monday mornings to, uh, to make class. But again, that was, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And, uh, my golf career kind of just evolved over time. And, you know, that's, uh, kind of how I, I got to where I am today. So now in hindsight, I wonder if you would have changed anything with that because we see now like this kind of this uh, two schools of thoughts. Like we see kids who are getting super specialized in a sport very early and they're going all in there, you know, let's say yeah. for your golf versus multi-sport athlete, you know, having kids involved in multiple sports and, and allowing them to develop as an athlete. Do you feel like in your experience, one is better than the other? Uh, in my experience, I believe that playing multiple sports is... So you wouldn't have changed anything? I wouldn't have changed anything. I mean, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have changed a thing. Yeah, because at development as an athlete, and you feel like a lot of those sports is transferable, some of the stuff you learned? 100%. I mean, you look at hockey players, they all make great golfers, right? Sure. I mean, mm -hmm. every Why time... Why is that? I, I don't you know. I, I, you know it's got to be with the hips, right? Yeah. Hockey, I mean, slap shots and, and full mm -hmm. golf things are pretty similar movements. Um, I think the power source is, is from your core, right? In hockey sure. too, it's, it's, it's all, it's all correlated. So there's a lot of overlap there. Uh, my dad is a sports medicine doctor, orthopedic surgeon, and he's done countless studies on the trans, it, the tra not the transition, but the similarities or benefits of playing multiple mm -hmm. sports. And 
he always talks about the different muscle groups, right? If you just play tennis, you're only going to work on your lats or your, your shoulders or, you know, what have you. But right. if you play football, tennis, swim team, right, you're going to work on your legs and your upper body and your core. And that facilitates just an entire body that is ready to go and not limited in any capacity, right? You're not going to be limited in, in a certain muscle group because yeah. you only don't want movement your whole life. I would argue too, like a lot less injury prone. hundred yeah. percent. I mean, you're going to have more risks, right? If you play football yep. and hockey and lacrosse and golf, but when you come to, you know, I guess picking your one sport, your body's going to be way more developed and way more prepared for what's to come. Yeah. And I want to dive into in a minute, the stuff that you continue to do, because you take that, I know very seriously. And yep. like I said, a lot of this is us from following you on social media and seeing some of that behind the scenes. But first, just tell us a little bit more up to date now where you're at right now in your career. Yeah. So, um, I guess fa- uh, rewind a couple years, first year out of college, got my corn Ferry tour card, played three seasons out there in the corn Ferry tour. Then this past year, I missed a Q school, so it was my first year without Corn Ferry Tour status. Um, you know, and that's that was tough for me. It was like, okay, what do I do now? I got to go play a bunch of Monday qualifiers. Going to have to be traveling all over on Saturday mornings. Get there, play a practice round, and then just for a chance to play in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like I got really, really good the past three months. I got a lot better in my swing. I was working with Jim McLean and John McLean down in Florida, so a little bit of a different uh, you know thought process from working with Gary Weir, my longtime coach, and just needed a little bit different idea. Um, of what, what the golf swing looked like for me. And uh, that kind of clicked the last couple months. And I Monday qualified into two of the last three Corn Ferry Tour events. Mm-hmm. Um, got a sponsor's invite into New Jersey and played really well. And that actually got me into playoffs. So it was funny. Mm-hmm. The first year as a, a non-member, I actually made it into playoffs for the Corn Ferry Tour. Oh, and, uh, yeah, I wasn't really so expecting that. what's that, that. like? You don't, you don't expect to be in there. We just get a phone call? Yeah, so I told my girlfriend, I was like, hey, I'll see you on, uh, on Tuesday, right? And this was... This is when I was going out to that first Monday qualifier that I made it right. through. I was like, I'll see you on Tuesday. You know, let's have dinner. And I made And that's not the right mindset to have. Yeah. But again, it's just I had missed so many times prior of that course. I was like, okay, I'll be back on Tuesday. Monday qualified in. I shot 10 under to get through and got through, made the cut, played okay. Mm-hmm. Then I went to the next week at Pinnacle Bank. Monday qualified again. Didn't make the cut. And I'm like sitting there like, okay, you know. I'm not going to make playoffs. Then I got a sponsor's invite into Magnet, which is the New Jersey event. Yeah. Played really, really well. And that got me just enough points to get into the first playoff event. And I played it, you know, decently in that first playoff event to, uh, I want to come back to that first playoff event yeah. in a second. Cause there's an interesting story behind that, but rewind the week before the New Jersey event, Matita Conk. Matita Conk. What's your thoughts on that course? We got to play it for our series. It, it was interesting. This kind of goes along with my whole story, my whole career, um, as a, as a golfer, but, I went to Yale to play football. Um, I was recruited to play hockey as well and golf. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting onto the team for golf my freshman year. And I didn't play any of the fall events because that was football season. And uh, the spring came along and I qualified for that first event, qualified for a second event, qualified for a third event. So I played every event that I was eligible yeah. to play in. And then our Ivy League championship came around and it was at Matita Conk and I wasn't selected for the team. Um, you know, I just had a bad week the week prior and didn't earn my way onto the team. But I wanted to go travel with the team. And I told my coaches, like, yeah, when's the event? Like, when are we traveling? When are we going? He goes, well, I, I can't really take you. It's against Ivy League guidelines, but you're welcome to drive down. So I got in my car and I drove down. And uh, it ended up, you know, he told me it was the first time any of his players had traveled to an event not being in the lineup. But I thought that that was kind of normal. Again, this goes back to playing multiple sports. I learned, yeah. you know, to be a team player, to go and, and support your teammates and support your, yeah. your guys, right, and be there for them. So 
I, I was down there the whole week and I watched my my team <laughs> shoot a lot at Matita Conk. Yeah. It was playing super tough. I think it was 45 degrees, blowing sideways. Those greens are ridiculously fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I my last memory of Matita Conk was, okay, everybody just shot in the 80s. Um, yeah. I remember my my captain when I was a junior, Will Bernstein, he actually shot 65 or 66 in the final round. So I knew it could be done. He, he dominated that course. So that was a little bit of inspi- inspiration for yeah. me going to that week. But Went to Matita Conk, uh, you know, on a sponsor's invite. You have all this pressure on you that, yes. you know, you didn't earn your way there. You mm-hmm. got given a spot. But for me, it's, you know, I, I had to believe that I belong there, right? Because I played the past three years, played the past three belong mm-hmm. the, the past three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went there with the mindset, I'm going to go try to win, yep. right? And had a decent uh, first round. And then the second round came along and I had it going. I was three under through, I think it was. 13 holes mm-hmm. and they made a really bad double bogey come down the stretch made another bogey and I was sitting on the cut line and, and you know that's when the pressure really starts to, to hit you right and I was able to finish and make the cut make the weekend and had an okay Saturday mm-hmm. but got it going on Sunday yeah, you dialed it up Sunday yeah um, played really really well uh, I mean I think I think I shot six under with a double bogey um, so that moved into a tie for I think 13th we can fact check that but mm-hmm. I believe I finished 13th and that got me just enough points to um, sneak yeah. into that first playoff. Because in an interview, you said it was a top 10 or you just go home. Yeah. And I, I had, had that. chance. I had eight under in my mind, right? Going <laughs> yeah, to that final right. round. I was like, I need to shoot eight under or I'm going home. Yeah. Right? And everybody knew that. My family was out there watching. My friends came out and watched. And right. I was, I mean, walking, if I was to walk through that round, it's all blur. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I, I think I, I parred one and then I don't know what happened after that. Right. I think I made a bomb on two. Mm-hmm. Mm, I, Think yeah. of part three, birdie right. four. Right. But again, right. I just kind of got into rhythm and yeah. started making birdie after birdie and, you know, got to hole, let's see, 10, 11, 12, 13. And I was like, okay, let's hit driver. I've been hitting iron off that tee every single every single hole or prior in the week. And yep. I hit driver into the trees, had a chip out, but I chipped out in the fescue. Then I hit it long over the green and ended up making <laughs> like an eight-footer for, for double. Yeah. But then bounced back with a birdie in the next. Then made a good par, then another birdie. So one of those rounds where I, I had it going, and if I had made one one better swing on that, that, that hole 13, that would have been a really good round. But yeah, it ended up swing. working out. Yeah. So you're hearing here, even the best golfers struggle. Okay? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> they do. A lot. And it makes me wonder, like, how much truly – does your strategy and approach change in the moment? Like, are you, of course, like after the round, you see the scores and you see what you need to do the next day. But even when you're out there, are you aware of what the field's doing and does it cause you to change your approach in any way? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, it's actually a story within itself. My first year on the Corn Ferry Tour, I had conditional status. So again, I was going to events hoping to get into the next week's event. Mm-hmm. And that changed my whole mindset. I was just trying to make the cut. Because if you made the cut, you got points, you reshuffled up. And that is a horrible way to play golf, right? You need to play to win. Like Tiger, he he wasn't worried about finishing 25th. He was just trying to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not comparing myself to him in any regard because obviously he's the best of all time. And I'm just trying to... But we can learn from his tour, mindset. Mm-hmm. But you can learn from his mindset. Yeah. And that is something that I've learned over the years is that you got to go into events, you know, trying to win sure i remember last year um at maine i was there and i was playing the worst golf of my life i was not in a good spot but again they asked me to interview you know why like what, what are your goals for this week i said i'm here to win i'm here to you know try to become the best player in the world and i was so far from it at that point but again you got to try to talk into existence and you know yeah a lot of people chirp me they're like oh you missed the cut and you were saying you wanted to win i'm like 
Yeah, I did. And that's kind of the mindset you have to have. Yeah. And your, your mindset something that's always kind of fascinating, the, the way that you're able to stay positive in such a tough sport. Yeah. Uh, I think one thing I've never forgot to this day is something you taught me on the golf course. Like when you hit a bad shot, you said, just say good. Yeah. It's an opportunity to learn from the next shots. A lot of Did you always have that mindset? Did, or did you learn it somewhere along the way? No, I mean, you're, you're not born with that, right? You, right. you, you kind of mm-hmm. learn it from your coaches. And I've been fortunate to have some of the best coaches in my eyes in the world, right? My coach, Luigi Olinto, he was my hockey coach from age eight to age 15. And I've learned so much from him. And his biggest thing was hard work beats talent. Talent doesn't work hard. And he would just drill that into yeah. our minds, right? All these guys out here might have more talent than I do. But again, I'm going to outwork them. And I'm going to get to that point where, okay, my talent is now higher than theirs. Or my talent level is higher than theirs. So... Um, there's a lot of things that you can learn. And, you know, I learned good from Brian Kane. It's a Jocko quote. And he, uh, I guess Jocko, you can watch on YouTube the, the video of him saying good and like, didn't get the job you wanted. Good. You know, you didn't get that promotion. Good. Didn't, uh, you know, have the results you wanted. Good. Mm-hmm. Because you can learn. And if everything was going the right way, right, you're not going to learn. You're not going to grow. So in my eyes, you hit a shot into the woods. Good. I'm going to work on my punch out game and I'm going to, you know, make a par from nowhere which I feel like is going to actually boost my confidence more than just hitting it down the middle, hitting it 20 feet and yeah. two putting. So there's always going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the story of the, the Chinese farmer is actually a story that I've listened to recently. And, again, the story, I'm going to mess it up, but it, it goes <laughs> somewhat like this, right? This farmer and the son are out, you know, on, on a farm and they have a horse. The next day they wake up, the horse runs away. Mm-hmm. The son's like, dang, you know, our horse ran away. What are we going to do now? The father goes... It's okay. I don't know if it's good news or bad news yet. We'll just wait and see. The next day, the horse returns, and it brought three horses with it. Again, the son's like, oh, my God, now we have four horses. The father's like, well, we'll see. I don't know if it's good news or bad news. The next day, the son's out there training the horses, and he falls off the horse's back and breaks his back. Again, you know, the townspeople come. They, they condole the, 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 the father, and the father goes, well, we'll see. I don't know if this is good news or bad news yet. Um, you know, we'll just kind of wait and see. The next day, the country goes to war. The drill sergeant comes to recruit all the guys under 25. And the father says, well, my son can't go. He just broke his back. Um, you know, so he was lucky in that regret not to go to war. So, again, <laughs> it's just, just a story right. that, yeah. that yeah. you don't know what's good and what's bad right. until, you know, you know I don't really, you never really know. So right, yeah. getting, you know, down in that moment mm-hmm. doesn't do you any good sure yeah. just stay positive keep putting your best foot forward and do the best you can and i think that it's a lot for us to learn from coming from somebody like you who you're playing for your career you're playing for the next <laughs> event and you're able to keep that mindset we're out there to have some fun right. you know we're, we, we play golf recreationally uh but the truth is i i've it's taken me a long time to learn this but nothing really good comes from hanging your head it seems yeah. to only get worse so i i thought that was a fantastic takeaway um you mentioned earlier too, like some of the, the best golfers and, and what they do and the mindsets. It makes me wonder, what is it then that, that separates? What is that next gear? That, that, well, when we're the guys we're seeing on the PGA Tour on Sunday, there's just so many incredible golfers aspiring to that level. What in your mind is it that separates those guys that they get to that spot? Because I feel like there's a lot of guys who've never heard their names before, but they could compete out there on tour as well. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting question because people always say it's the, the mental game, right? And then there's always other guys say the mental game doesn't mean anything. It's just about your physical talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a little bit of both, but I also think it's about playing well at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know so many players that 
are good enough to be on the Corn Ferry Tour, good enough to be on the PJ Tour, but didn't play well at Q School, so didn't have that chance that year, mm. right? <laughs> or and that's one week out of the yeah. year, right? If you have a bad week, you're yeah. you're done for the year. You can Monday qualify in, but again, we know Monday qualifying is tough. I mean, you got to shoot. I shot 11 under, 10 under, and 8 under in the three times I've Monday qualified, and that doesn't happen every day. That's mm. those are your best of best days. Sure, and yeah. that doesn't happen. You know, sometimes it happens on Tuesdays, and that doesn't matter, right? Or right. in Sunday practice rounds. So you got to time it up, and you see the guys like Max Homa almost lost his Corn Ferry Tour card, and now is one, you know, six plus. With five plus times <laughs> right? on the PJ Tour, right. one of the best players on the PJ Tour right now. So, is it stories like like him that just keep you going? Well, I mean, Cameron Young, right? He's a he's a New York native. Yep. He's yep. A, buddy, a, yeah. a guy I grew up with, and Cameron had no status, and I had status. So, my first year out of college, I was like, "How does Cameron not have status? He is the best player I've ever played with, mm. and I have status. How does that work? Yeah. Right? How does that work? He just didn't have a good week, but he Monday qualified, won the event, won the next event." And got on the PJ Tour, finished second in the British Open. And he's like, okay, he's doing okay. So in <laughs> the end, in the end, yeah. yeah, in the end, it's gonna work out. It's just a matter of time. You don't know when it's gonna happen. Some guys, it's that first week. Some guys, it's ten years down the road. Yeah. Um, you know, I've talked to Jim Herman. I've mm -hmm. talked to uh, Ken Duke. Yeah. Some guys who've just, I guess, peaked later on in their careers, but again, have had fantastic careers in their own right. And they just say, you got to keep going, and you got to keep getting better every day. Because it doesn't just if you won, yeah. one Corn Ferry Tour event. That wouldn't change your life, would it? No. Well, look at Akshay. Last year, Akshay right. won the first Corn Ferry event of the year and didn't get his PJ Tour card. But obviously, again, he and he's so talented that he got it this year. The grind continued, yeah. And he won on the PJ Tour. Yeah. Sahith right. Thigala. I play with Sahith yeah. as a special temporary member out, and I'll never forget it, Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. First round, it was some of the most impressive golf I've ever watched. He mm -hmm. was eight under par going to the last hole, hooks it in the, into the woods, makes, I think, a double or a triple. And I was like, oh, my God, he's human. Yeah, right? Right. He was playing unbelievable golf, just won the PGA Tour. Yeah, right? yeah. One of the nicest guys in the world. Yeah, it was really Deserves hard. it. Is <laughs> uber talented. But, again, just takes people different time, time frames. Sure. So a lot of it is, sure. just, is just staying your foot on the pedal, yeah. staying committed to it, and then and that timing and everything lines up. I mean, we even saw it on the PGA Tour, guys like Brian Harmon and stuff like that this year. Like when Just at the right time, that That's one it. last thing clicks, and all of a sudden you go on this, this, this run. Wyndham Clark. Yeah, Wyndham, Wyndham, yep. yeah, Wyndham Clark again, awesome, found something awesome golfer, hits yeah. it unbelievably well, unbelievably well, and was playing that power fade all week, and just played great. The golf course fit his game. You know, his yep. game was in a great spot, putted great. You saw, I mean, everybody's trying to buy his putter now, so it's like yes. everything kind of clicked yeah. for him in that week, and that's what happens. It's amazing. Tour. One year, and then look, Ryder Cup, almost ten million dollars of winnings. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, one week. One of our favorite stories is a, a, another local guy, Rob LeBritz. Yeah, we were just talking about Rob. Rob's a man. Show. Yeah, years and years and years of that grind, and now he's he's on the PGA Tour champions, and you know, making his way. So for you, then what? What do you have in your mind going forward career-wise? Is there a timeline that you have set forth for yourself? Or do you, are you just saying, I'm just going to keep grinding at my best and just see how it plays out? Or how much of that is planned versus reaction? Yeah, I think when I first turned pro, um, all my teammates at college especially are asking me, how long are you going to give it? And you have an idea, right? You're like, oh, I'm going to give it X amount of years. Yeah. But I think it's X amount of years if you're not getting better. Right. So right, right, right now, I don't have any sort of timeline. I'm living in the moment. Um, I think when you put that sort of pressure on yourself, you're never going to play good golf. It's mm -hmm. almost like saying playing just to make the cut. It is 100% yeah. the exact same thing. Right. Because you're, not, you're limiting yourself to a certain ability or a certain time. And it's, you're not going to get to be the best player in the world in six months if right. that's what you're giving yourself. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. But if you get 1% better mm -hmm. like every single day, 
for five years, you're going to get really good. Yeah. And then, yeah, maybe that, maybe in five years, you're going to be the best player in the world. But again, that's not a guarantee. It takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of yeah. luck um, and a lot of right bounces to, to get there. And what's so, so crazy, if you, when you do get your tour card, yeah. it doesn't end. You've got to grind to be competitive, to play well, to win, and to keep it going. Yeah. So, I mean, golf, tough. <laughs> what I'm hearing is that you also have to love the grind. You have yes. to love it. You got to love it. You got to right? love it. You know, you're not getting, you're not getting given a 10-year, $500 million deal. <laughs> right. You're getting, oh, if you get your tour card, you're on the PGA Tour, you have a $0 salary. <laughs> Go make right. it happen. So speaking of grind, that, yeah. tell, us, tell us your upcoming schedule. Yeah, well, again, I mean, we were talking about it briefly before the show started, but, uh, you know, on Sunday I fly to Ireland. I'm going to play there for a week to prepare for the DP World Q School in France. So I fly from Ireland to France. Then from France I go to Alabama, Alabama to Spain, mm -hmm. Spain to Savannah, Georgia, Georgia back to Spain, and then Spain to Florida. So, you know, obviously that's TBD with how I play, but of course. that's my, my plans. Do uh, you get to pick the spots? I, I picked them already, yeah. Exactly. You're allowed to pick yep. where you want to play. You have Got to it. sign up for Q School, and again, you pick the course you like, the okay. weather you like, mm -hmm. the location. Um, Why Alabama? You know what? It was my eighth, I think my eighth pick my first year as a, as a pro. And since I wasn't a, I wasn't exempt into first stage of Q school, I had to play pre-qualifying as, as my uh, first year since okay. I wasn't a top amateur. Um, I didn't get my first choice. So I got Alabama, made it through there and I've gone back ever since. So, so you like it. Yeah. I like it there. Yeah. And, and how much does that travel, that grueling travel weigh on you from a competitive standpoint? Like what do you, what do you do to mitigate some of that? Yeah, that is the biggest thing for me and how I feel like I can separate myself from the rest of uh, rest of the pack. Um, I, I travel with my Normatec boots, which are compression, you know, things you slide mm -hmm. on your legs yeah. and they fill up with air. They drain all the lactic acid out of your legs. I drink Athlete every single day, which mm -hmm. is, you know, got turmeric, curcumin, a bunch of B vitamins, and that helps with my inflammation. Uh, my girlfriend's a health coach, so he, she puts me on a really strict, you know, diet and mm -hmm. uh, nutrition regimen. I work out with Don Saladino. He's my trainer. Again, I'm just putting all these pieces. It's like a puzzle. I'm putting all these pieces together to try to create this big picture that's going to help me be my best self. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. All right, guys, we will get you right back to our interview with James Nicholas in just a second. But we want to pause for a moment to say thank you to this week's sponsor. And starting that off with Titleist, guys, we're excited to share with you some exclusive opportunities from Titleist. But really, to be a part of them, you have to join Team Titleist. And Team Titleist gives you access to opportunities like prototype testing, special events, limited edition gear from Titleist. There's just so much more. So if you've seen some of this floating around social media and feeling a little bit of FOMO, now you know it's time. Join Team Titleist. You can sign up and join Team Titleist at titleist.com slash Team Titleist. That's one word, Team Titleist. Join us on Team Titleist. Lots of great special opportunities you are not going to want to miss. Huge thanks to FootJoy. I've been talking about MyJoys for a while because it's one of the coolest things out there. It gives you the opportunity to design your own golf shoe. I mean, you could base it off who you are, you know, what's unique about you. And what's interesting is my mom's turning 70 this weekend. So we're going away for her for her birthday. She doesn't listen to the show, so I could say this. I'm not ruining anything. She's getting into golf. She's been into golf for a while. I was like, hey, why not? My wife, my daughters, we built her custom MyJoys. 
nice. all her favorite little things on, like her color patterns. And we did this pink and blue plaid like top. We got the premieres, the traditions, yeah. which are so cool. She's going to love She's it. She's going to love it. And then like the little decals on the side, one was a margarita. And on the other side, because that's her favorite drink, on the other side it says mom with a heart. So she's going to absolutely love it. It's unique. It's for her. It's special. And this is something you could do. Do it for yourself. Do it for a friend. Do it for a loved one. It's a great gift. Go to FootJoy. Click on the My Joys and just build. Even if you don't go all the way through and buy it, I mean, you probably will when you're done. But even if you don't, just build. Have fun with it. It is pretty cool. Check it out. FootJoy, My Joys. Go right to the website. Have some fun. All right. And also Rapsodo. We've been talking about Rapsodo for a long time now. Way back with the MLM1. Mm-hmm. This year is the year that they launched the MLM2 Pro. We've been having a ton of fun. It gives you loads of metrics, distance, ball speed, club speed, and launch angle, all the basics that a mobile launch monitor will give you. But what I love most about this thing is, uh, well, actually, there's a lot of things because the simulator. You can have a simulator anywhere in your house, in your garage with this device. Yeah. You know, it's just they've made it easy for you to play golf indoors. Um, but one of the main features i love this shot dispersion feature it's like a visual overlay of every shot you hit on the range so i bring this thing to the range i love it uh it's color coded with each club pinpointed for distance and accuracy so you can optimize things like club gapping dialing in your wedges fine-tuning your driver uh basically just finding out all the holes in your game and all you're doing is just bringing this little device that takes about three seconds to set up so indoors outdoors it's portable like i said build your own simulator it's got everything go check out the rapsodo mlm2 pro let us know what you think and look, it's no secret everyone's trying to pick up more club head speed. You know, distance, it's really never been more important in the game of golf. And it's why we've teamed up with the best speed training aid on the market, Ripstick. Ripstick really is the ultimate training aid. It's got eight different weight combinations all in one stick. So why does that matter? Well, listen, it allows you to very easily and conveniently switch between underload and overload training. So what that is basically is a fancy way of saying swinging less weight and swinging more weight. It's what really boils down to training for speed, but this makes it so easy. And to make it even easier, Ripstick has a free app. It's available for Android and iOS, so both Android and iOS users can really dive into this system. And the app walks you through it step-by-step. It's a step-by-step guide. It also holds you accountable to your speed training journey, uh, and it tracks your progress along the way. It really becomes like your coach, and it takes away any excuse. So if you've been on the fence about trying speed training, this is really gonna be for you. And and recently, I started my own journey with uh, Ripstick Training. We're shocked at just how little time it really takes. You know, all you have to commit to, three times per week, 15-minute sessions. How easy is that? And what's really cool right now, with every purchase, you have Dr. Luke Benoit. He's the founder of the company. He provides a free swing analysis. It's a $90 value. It really is. So that you have that to jump you off. You've got, like I said, the training itself is super simple to use and you've got the app to walk you through everything. Like I said, no excuses. And the whole idea behind this is not only to hit the ball further, but to hit it straighter as well. So get started, use our code golficity, for 20% off site-wide, and you can start hitting some bombs today. Yeah, and the, and the travel, too, allows you to kind of dip a little bit into your other passion. You know, you're, you're a lot more than just a golfer. Yeah. You know, because we, we see people like you in that career, and, like, we see what you do, and we just define you as that. But tell us a little bit about uh, the other side, the, the passion project you have, a little bit of uh, dipping into your own content creation. Yeah, um, I mean, that it gives me chills every time I talk, talk about the story. But, again, I was 12 years old, and my my dad's an orthopedic surgeon. His one of his partners is a hand surgeon. Doctor Lee bought me an action camera. 
for Christmas. We always did Christmas together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm going to bring it on vacation. My family were lucky enough to go on vacation every year, one cool place a year. And I brought a Tantiga. And I was like, I'm going to film everything we do, whether it's you know jumping into the water, yeah. diving in the water, seeing a turtle, whatever, whatever it is, I'm going to bring it. So I filmed everything um, and made a video. And I look back at that video and I'm like, wow, this was just a kid with a, you know. A, you were 12? I was 12. Okay. I didn't start making the videos until I was 14, but I had the, the, the camera when got I was it, 12. It. And I was like, I'm going to film a bunch of stuff. And I throw it on iMovie. Mm-hmm. Made this video, I think it was 2012. So I, made, I was 15 then when I made the video. Um, I can look up the date. It's on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just this raw video of me in Antigua with this. I taped the action camera to a stick yeah. <laughs> literally to a stick because yeah. they didn't have go Pre-sell poles or pole. yeah, you know yeah, yeah. they didn't have anything so i taped it to a stick it was like oh it was my lacrosse pole took the head off my lacrosse stick there you go taped it to it and just walked around like this the whole time first selfie stick ladies and gentlemen i, I mean actually yeah, yeah. It, was, I would, it was great i would jump in the water with it like this it was so much fun and after that i post on youtube and a company reached out goes hey we want to send you a bunch of hats to wear in your next video and I was like, okay. This is cool. Yeah, this yeah, is great. Like, right. what else can I do with this? And then I made the next video with their hats on. And then I did another one in Iceland and it got a million views. And I remember I uploaded it while my family was in the airport in Iceland. And it just took off and had 500,000 views in the first couple of days. And I was like, what's, what is happening? Yeah. yeah. What is going on? Yeah. Um, that was in 2016, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. And again, I just, it just formed this passion of mine for photography and film and travel. And I have my travel Instagram, but I don't post a lot on it right now because I'm going to focus on golf. But I just found um, in the attic a uh, Nikon F1. And it was uh, made in 1960. I was doing all the research last night. Mm-hmm. I bought a 30 millime- 30 millime- 35 millimeter uh, film for it. Mm-hmm. Bought batteries for the, I don't even know what it's called, but it's basically an exposure meter okay. that goes yeah. on, on, the, on the lens. It's a, it's a full manual camera mm-hmm. and i'm so stoked to use it as my grandfather's that's and cool. um i'm gonna get into the film and uh you know in that sense now so yeah that's it's wild. just really cool for me to go on the road yeah. like you said i'm gonna go to france i'm gonna bring it with me i'm gonna take a bunch of cool pictures and just get my mind to be creative and get out of the golf world and escape for that for a little bit and just you know spark my creativity so you gotta be like a kid in a candy shop when you're on like these grayson shoots with like uh, yeah all that going on with golf and well, photography and camera that's how i started in the golf world right mm-hmm. grayson um my buddy christian cavalier emailed grayson said hey i'm a junior golfer i want to you know wear your stuff is there any way i can get a discount Grace responded saying, hey, why don't you come to the office? And again, like an office like this. Like yeah. Just it was in Hallworth, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, small little space. But again, super cool. They had pictures all over the walls. And we get Christian went in there and then got a 10% discount. Texted me. goes, hey, you got to do this. Come in and get your 10% yeah. discount. I went in there and I was like, hey, I also do you know, film and photography. Can we come on your next shoot with you guys and, and do it? And we'll, we'll see how he goes. And the owner, Charlie Schaefer, Who's now, you know, big time. Grayson's grown into a huge company, but mm. he said, Yeah, of course, you want to see what you guys can do. Yeah. We went on the first shoot and killed it, and the rest was history. So that's awesome. Now we, you know, we go on all the Grayson photo shoots, and it's, it's a lot of fun. That's so cool. I mean, listen, what I'm hearing is that the ultimate the takeaway is to really live and do what you're passionate about. Yeah. And then the, the, the success of it will follow. And, and the cool thing is that you've got uh, a scenario here where you're able to kind of scratch both of those itches, you know, yeah. being out there playing golf, but also it, it's, it's, you know, one could say that the travel schedule is grueling and it's a grind, but in the same token, it's creating opportunities to do the other things that you love. Yep. hundred percent. I mean, I, 
and again, the good comes back to that. When my flight's canceled, it's really hard to say good because <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. it pisses me off. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, Every flight I've been on has been canceled, delayed. It, it's it's, a, it's a mess. But again, I complain, but then I try to take it back to, okay, good. You know, I am privileged just to be here and have the opportunity to travel to events mm-hmm. and do what I'm doing and live the dream. So it's all perspective. And if I wasn't doing it, somebody else would love to take my spot. So okay, I know it's going to be an annoying mm-hmm. canceling and having to take a connection flight now and whatever, whatever it might be, but perspective and just checking checking back in to your reality and, and knowing that you're privileged to be here. So For sure. And, and listen, and speaking of that, I want, to, I want to close with one last story because I think you're the only guy I've seen ha- this happen to twice. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, last time we were together, we did a video and, and you had you tell the story about you, you getting into an event last minute, having to hop on the plane and running to the first tee. Oh. When I saw it happen again, I thought that they were just posting the video again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. oh they're getting more legs what out of this video. first alternate life like? Right. <laughs> so for, for anybody who's missing the story that I'm telling you, tell us the story about and, and what it's like just in general to have to be at the ready. Yeah. But eventually, essentially, you found out last minute as an alternate, you're getting into an event and we're talking about lit, literally yeah. sprinting to the T. What happened there? It wasn't last minute it was last second right <laughs> yeah i mean we're talking about this this most recent yeah. story yes. right? yeah yeah so again i played i love Mati- that it happened twice yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, i played matita mm-hmm. and i finished 13th or 16th or whatever i finished and i knew i needed a top 10 so i was like okay i'm not gonna get into the first playoff event let's sign up for the met open um you know which is a great event in the yeah. northeast it was at arcola of course i've won twice at so of course mm-hmm. i was really excited to play sure and again, thought nothing of it. Um, went to Arcola. I played in the Pro-Am on Monday, and I was fourth alternate for the uh, Corn Ferry playoff event. I won the Pro-Am at Arcola, shot seven under. It was great. I was like, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk. Right. We'll play great at the Met Open. And then during that Pro-Am, I got a call saying, hey, you're now second alternate. So I was like, "How? why are people withdrawing? Right. What's going on? Playoffs, yeah. You know, it's playoffs. So again, I go to sleep. I'm like, okay, I'm second alternate. If I get a call that I'm first, I have to go out there because yeah. first alternate, you got to be on site. I'm playing the round. I'm playing horribly. Like I'm thinking on my mind. I'm like, okay, I might need to fly to Boise, Idaho tomorrow. Again, this right. is, you know, what am I doing? <laughs> so my mind was not on golf at all. I ended up shooting, I think, seven over at Arcola. It was not a good day. I was kind of bummed, you know, 14 shots worse than the day before. And at this point, it's Tuesday. And this is Tuesday, yeah. Okay. So, again, the tournament starts on Thursday, the playoff event. So I'm still second alternate. I turn my phone on after the round. Five missed calls from the tour. I'm first alternate. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I go up to, you know, the MGA guys. I go, hey, I need to withdraw. Um, I got to go to Boise, Idaho. There's a chance I get into the Corn Ferry Tour playoff event. And I felt really bad because I'd signed up for the event. I committed to playing. Yeah. But again, they were like, you got to be there. You know, we, we understand. Would the decision, decision of change if day two was great? If day, it was, it would have been day one. Um, I'm sorry, day one. Of the turnaround? Yeah. No. No. Uh, it's, okay. you know, if, even if I was leading by eight, I, I need to get to the This court. is where you this need to be. This is my career, right? Yep. right? This, yeah. this can get me to the PJ Tour. Sure. You know, when the, uh, winning the Met Open is a dream of mine, but it wouldn't have gotten me the next step closer to my PJ Tour mm-hmm. dream. So, um Whatever. I, I get home Tuesday night. I'm looking at flights. And I'm like, oh, my God. Boise, Idaho. There's no direct flights. This is right. the most impossible place to get to. So I take a flight Wednesday morning. That flight's delayed two hours. I end up on the plane getting my connection connecting flight changed. So I was supposed to go from New York to uh, Minnesota, Minnesota to Boise. 
but instead I went New York to Minnesota, then the flight goes from Minnesota to Seattle, then Seattle overnight to Boise Thursday morning. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not going to get there in time. But I end up landing in Minnesota, sprint to the gate, and there was a delay on that connecting flight. So I ended up getting on that flight to get to Boise on time. Okay. Got to Boise on Wednesday, checked into the rules official. They go, hey, you're still first alternate. You know, everybody's okay, here. So now you're in town on Wednesday. You I'm made in town. It. Okay. They go, everybody's here on site. Nobody's hurt. Nobody's sick. It's not looking good, but, you know, we'll let you know. They said, text me where you are tomorrow just so we know where you are in case something happens. Yeah. Thursday morning, I wake up, crack of dawn. Got to be there for the first tea time and be prepared. So it's 7.30, and, you know, I see Curtis Luck in the range. And I'm like, you know, good luck, Curtis. I see all my, my buddies. Good luck. And then I go to the putting green, just putting. And then, you know, one of the rules officials comes over to me and goes, hey, uh, we have a situation. And I go, what's going on? You know, he goes, Curtis Luck is uh, three minutes late to his tee time, two more minutes, and he's disqualified, and you're in. But you saw him, right? And I go, Curtis is on the range. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah, he goes, yeah. oh, we haven't, we haven't been able to find him. We'll go get him. So I go to the range, and they find Curtis. They tell Curtis, you've got a minute and 30 seconds to get to the tee, otherwise you're disqualified. The tee's on the other side of the course oh my over a road. What? So oh Curtis grabs his driver, grabs the ball, grabs the tee, starts running. I get in the car with the rules official because he goes, we got to get you over the tee in case he's late. I start Still a question, but he's not allowed to take the cart? I don't know what was going on. Okay. At this so point, he's chaos. Running. Just At chaos, point. right? Because he was on the range. I was on the putting green. So the cart was by the putting green. So okay. I was in the cart. He was running around. I think there was a car for him, but I don't really know right. what the story was. He just heard the news and took off. Took off. Yeah. So I get to the road in the car. He's running across the road. And then over the, the um, walkie-talkie, they go 10, 9, No way. Eight. And I'm sitting there like, what is going on? And he's a friend of yours. He's a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you don't ever wish that of upon course. any of your competitors. Of it's course. like that, to me, is my worst nightmare. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, okay, I don't know, I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, Curtis, you know, ends up getting to the tee two seconds or three seconds after the countdown ended. Oh, so that's a heartbreak. You know, I, you know, I see one of the rules officials. They go, you know, James, it's your tee, and I'm standing there. I'm like, so bummed for Curtis because yeah. obviously it's a playoff event, and you know, this means every. This is what you prepare the whole week for, right? Um, but then I'm now sitting there like, okay, what? It's not my fault. Right. No, right. So I, I felt bad, but it wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. You know, but you got to go tee off now. Yeah. So I'm like scrambling. I need to play practice round. I just pull a foreign out, hit it 210 down the right side in the right rough. And I'm like, okay, I got 235 and out of the screen. That was not the club. Yeah. Make a bogey. And then we're off and we're playing. And again, it didn't hit me until after the round where I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm actually in the playoffs. Yeah. I yeah. got a chance to, to right. make a run here. And, you know, I needed to finish, I think, top 26 to make it into the next playoff week event. And I birdied the last three to finish 35th. Yeah. So one more shot, mm. be one shot better, and I would have been into the next playoff event. But, again, that's golf. <sighs> that's golf. Wow. And yeah, another story. And, again, I don't want to be in these situations. Of course. <laughs> right. Where does, I'm right? first alternate <laughs> getting to the team. But it just seemed to happen. And I, hopefully I can just play a little bit better this year to make my uh, schedule a little bit more set. Right. But like you said before, it all comes down to making making – the, you know, putting the things in line that you need to do to, when those situations arise, be there, get there, and then when your game lines up, and you play, well, it's it. Yeah, I tell you, like kind of, as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, Netflix needs a series on the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, you know, I agree. full swing is great and all, but these are the stories I, I want to hear. I think these are more entertaining, right? Yeah, the pursuit. honestly, the the guys out there who are who are not making the big bucks, who are grinding, who are 
booking their own flights, running all over the world. Like, I yeah. want the cameras on you guys. Like, yeah. this is we're the gonna stuff start that I want to see. We're road, gonna... road to PGA Tour. <laughs> Let's go. Tell Let's your wife it. you're going to be in the airports for the next. We'll be in the airport for the next three months. Thirty-eight weeks in a row. Fun. That's for sure. Hey, before we do let you go, I got to ask you. You just played Pine Valley. Yep. The other day, our gem. Quickly tell us. I know uh, I mean, you've been there before, but what what's your thoughts? Best course in the world. Yeah. That's why it's number one. Uh, PV, you guys, I know you guys have a series going on in the best course in New Jersey, so I'm stoked to see what you guys think. I mean, that course is just so special. The bunkering is incredible. Yeah. The design thought, I mean, there's thought process in every single twist and turn and bunker place in that property, and it's just a special place. And you just take your camera out like you don't care. Uh, you know, I, I took a few pictures. My members to take some pictures. So, you know, I took Good. some videos. Some Good. Pictures. It's inspiring to me to take yeah, some pictures. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful piece of property. It's a special place. So I was just honored to get a, get a chance to play there again. I love it. Is it, would you say, I mean, it's a tough course and, and you know, a lot of pros, uh, honor it in that way, but personal favorite, do you have a personal favorite golf course outside of that? You know, I always rank golf courses in like eight different categories. Yeah. Best course, best design, purest course, mm-hmm. you know, best hang, um, most special for me. I mean, the most special for me is Pebble Beach. Um, as a kid, I'd always qualify for the World Scramble Championship with my dad and my two brothers. Mm-hmm. And we ended up winning that one year at Pebble. Oh, cool. So my, and I remember, forget, my dad made a, like a 60-foot bomb on 18 <laughs> for Eagle. Um for us to win by one. Wow. So really cool special moment. memories at Pebble. And again, that place has got a special place in my heart. I, I mean, I love Beth Page Black. Yeah. I think that is one of the best courses in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the toughest tracks. Mm-hmm. But again, there's also courses like Hackensack in New Jersey that I love. Yeah. I think it's so fun. Uh, Piping Rock, so fun. Yale mm-hmm. is awesome. Deepdale, what, like my favorite course because it, there's nobody ever there. You get to play in two hours and 10 minutes. Wingfoot West and East. 36 of the best golf holes in the world. Yeah. Westchester Country Club, a place I grew up. Mm-hmm. Got to watch Tiger Woods play at, and then now I'm playing there every day. So, so many courses that I've played. Is there um, one you haven't that you want to? Yeah, Bandon Dunes. I want to get out there. I mean, I, I love courses that have just a magical feel about it, right? Yep. Cliffs, beautiful views. I haven't been out to Bandon. I've seen pictures and videos You'll of it. You'll get some dope content out there yeah. when you're out. I yeah. mean, I think mm-hmm. there's also one in New Zealand that was Tara Edie. Yeah. yeah, that place looks amazing. So Eric Anders did something there, right? I heard the story is that anyone can play it once. Is it once? Have you heard this story? No, I don't know that. Story. All right, so I, I I heard this and I originally heard it from Eric and from his content, but he, it was supposedly that they will allow as a guest anyone to play there one time, but then you'll you're never permitted to play again <laughs> for the rest of your life. What? That's what I heard. We're gonna fact check that too. Yeah, but well, that is please exactly. Please have me, guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you more than ha- once. Have a guess, but the guess would never that you have one and done. Uh, one yeah. and done. It looks guessing. really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a long flight to get there for one yeah. round, so hopefully maybe two or three would be great. Right. But make a trip out. You're of bouncing it. all over the world yeah. anyway. You might as well yeah. make yeah. a stop in New Zealand. And then Augusta <laughs> played it. I played Augusta. I got lucky enough to play when I was 14. The story 14. is pretty pretty cool. Um, it was the day before my final exams for high school, and my dad wakes me up at 6 a.m. and goes, "Wake up!" And I go, "What?" He goes, we're going to play Augusta. And I thought I was dreaming at this point. And you're in New York at the moment. I'm in New York. Yeah. I'm, I literally have my five final exams for high school that day. <laughs> he goes, we're going to play Augusta. And I go, I thought I was dreaming. I go, I got my final say. What are you talking about? He goes, get up, put your <laughs> golf clothes on. We are going to play Augusta. So I got up, put my golf clothes on, got to the airport. We flew down. We played 27 holes at Augusta National with my hockey teammate and his dad, so I was lucky enough to get invited by my hockey teammate's dad, and we played a little father-son match. And, um, yeah, I flew back. I had a bunch of emails from my school saying, say what happened in the finals. Where, where are you? You missed all your finals <laughs> exams. And I emailed all my professors saying, you know, 
I've got, um, I got a chance to play Augusta. I'm sorry. Can I come tomorrow and take it? And I think three of them responded, that is the coolest thing ever. Good for yeah. you. And the other two or three responded, that is unacceptable. Like, who do you think you are? And I, my dad was like, it's okay. You'll yeah, be you're right back. Like, it's you're Augusta. Fresh, who freshman, do you think you you're are? You're a freshman in high <laughs> yeah. school. I was like, so I got, I got really I lucky. You still made it to Yale. I made it. Yeah, it worked, it worked I, think, out. I think you did all right, guys. It worked out. But That's really funny. cool. That was a really cool day. That was. That's that was awesome. What a lucky. great story. Yeah. Talk about a drop everything moment. That is the yeah, ultimate. Exactly. Yeah, I guess is that drop everything moment. Well, listen, James, this has been awesome. Uh, appreciate the perspective. Uh, wish you all the best of luck on the journey. You know, so many of us are all rooting you appreciate on. It. If you're not already following James on social, definitely follow him because it's such a cool insight into your journey. You know, the posts, the stories, everything is stuff that you just don't get anywhere else and i think that's why you've developed such a loyal fan base around you is that insight that you were able to provide all of us so appreciate you doing that even above and beyond here on the podcast today uh and i'm looking to get out there on the course with you again and just see what you can do out there because it's just fun to watch yeah stay tuned you got a good video coming today so yeah. let's go have a good day let's go film it awesome